Sophistication is born out of hunger, and difficulty is what wakes up genius. This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast with me, your host, Austin Yoakum, and producer Marcus Sasson behind the scenes. This quote leads us into our guest today, Dr. Tommy John. Tommy John is a high-level chiropractor, coach, and author of Minimizing Injury and Maximizing Performance, a sports parent's survival guide. I was first found Dr. Tommy John through his podcast and fell in love with his approach to training and living a healthy lifestyle. Today we touched on healing yourself, the foundation of human movement, and how to strengthen our feet, hands, and spine. This podcast, and as you guys will realize, it's it's going to be a little bit longer than normal, but it was one of my favorite conversations, not not just through this podcast, but probably in my lifetime. Honestly, like the some of the rabbit holes that we got into and some of the thought process behind how we can eliminate barriers as humans and how we can really just attack life. Like it, it's one of our choices to attack life. It was so powerful and it just, it just got me motivated. It got me ready and wrote so many notes. Like there's so much knowledge in this podcast. So I really hope you guys enjoy. Thank you guys for listening. All right, well, Coach, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. I'm really excited for this one. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Yeah, you, uh, all of my, uh, I have a couple of chiropractic buddies, and then I posted a Q&A on Instagram, and that you were like the number one recommended person. I was like, oh, I got to dig down this rabbit hole of who you are. And once I did, you talking about the feet, talking about the hands, talking about the spine, I kind of geeked out about who you are and had to get you on. <laughs> and that's the thing. I never, you never really get a, a beat on who's listening, who's grasping the information. I just... I don't even check demog- like um, analytics on my podcast. I just I just get out the information I feel like people need to hear, not want to hear, need to hear, and then at some point it'll be right for them. And I don't know what's popular, what's not. So the fact that you when you said that, I was like, wow, who are these people? Because all I'm hearing from are like enemies. You know what I mean? And then some posts or like some creative outlets I have. I'll be like, man, that was amazing. I really connected the dots there. Look at this. And it'll get no views, no likes, no. But you never know who's not engaging, right? You just really don't know who's who you're affecting just because it's not right in front of your face. So I gotta, I have to make sure I check that daily is to make sure that you never know whose life's going to change. And if it's one person, it's exponential, right? Because then that one person meets seven other people and tell. And so it's, it's to stay humble like that. So when you said that, it was very... I was like, damn, wait, who is this guy? Who does he talking to? So the fact that you just reiterated that just made my day. So I appreciate it. So, yeah, I think that's a, that, that, that's a really awesome point about how you're, you're talking about how you just put out the content that you want to put out and you're not really sure. Like you think that, cause I'm the very same way. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be an awesome post. This one's going to hit. I'm like, Oh shit. Nobody liked that one. Or, exactly. And then I'll, and then I'll put out something else. And I was like, I, I mean, I liked it, but I was like, I will see what happens. And every, that resonates with people. So just putting out what you think you need to put out at that time. Totally. And the stuff finds us, right? Like, I just feel like the information will find who it's supposed to find. I say that all the time in my office and people are kind of shitting on it. It's like, oh, that quantum mystical shit. And I'm like, well, you know, you can't deny that, though. And it's now provable. Like, it's now like science. It's just here. But I will say, like, my office will attract who's supposed to be in my office. And if they don't continue or don't start up, they weren't supposed to be here now. It doesn't mean they're done. They might be in a year and a half. Like, hey, 
we're back. We're finally ready to, we're finally ready. You know what I mean? Everything you said on day one, we just weren't ready to digest it. Just didn't sound right. And I'll tell people that right off the bat, listen, the greatest approach to your health and performance or whatever is the thing is the one you believe in. If after day one, you don't believe in what I'm telling you or what we're sharing together, do not go here. Do not stay here. Go find that thing you believe in. It doesn't mean I have to believe in it, but you have to. Like, And the more you can get behind it, that belief then creates the emotion and the feelings behind it. And then it's like, oh, my God, the results are profound, profound. And that's what I'll tell people all the time. And they, they almost love it because I'm an awful businessman, <laughs> but they, they get it's that trust right away. You know what I mean? And I think that's something in health or performance of the human, anybody working with humans, it's trust. And if you can get people to buy into you, you're just basically getting them to buy into themselves again. And now we've, now we've made huge ground, you know? No, that that's so awesome. I've had so many business people like talk to me about like, you need to post more stuff about like selling or putting that. I'm like, it doesn't like none of that matters. If the person that like, I want that person to be able to come to me, you know, because that means they believe in it. And if they believe in it, like I, and this is like I a lot of times I could literally write anything on a piece of paper if they believe in it, like you're going to see some sweet results done. That's what I, I say that all the time. And I I now have it's it's great. Like the further and further you get along, it's great, but it's tough. You alienate yourself, right? You 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 find your tribe. And you find the things that people that like are are either challenging you to be better or they're they're resonating the same same vibration. And I I don't have a lot of friends in the field. Like I don't have a lot of people because they've gone that way of trying to sell. You know what I mean? Like sell the and when I check them, not checking them to be a dick, I'm just checking them because I'm kind of like how could you possibly? How are you selling that? Or how are you structuring yourself that way? Listen, you're attacking big pharma. Or you're attacking medical. You're doing symptom reduction. The same thing. You're only doing it in a natural state. You're basically doing the same thing, only your side effects aren't necessarily death right away. But it's you're not you're not helping the whole the wholeness of it. And they're like, well, and when you break it down, they're like, TJ, I mean, bottom line. I got to pay the bills like that's that's literally what they'll come down to. And I was like, shit, then structure a different business where that's not a fear. You know what I mean? Have a lower overhead, have used equipment, rent, have cheaper frames on the wall, <laughs> get a smaller space, like uh, figure that out. So you don't have to sell out on that way. You know what I mean? And I'm everyone's just like, you're so extreme. And if you if it's like if you had a family or if you had. I'd still scale it to where I wouldn't have to sell out in any way because I just can't, I can't, and this is just the way I am. This is what has found me. And we'll probably get into this with your questions, but I can't rest my head on my pillow at night knowing I made a dime selling some, selling myself out. Cause somebody has said that like, Hey, you should get commercials on your podcast or you should do this. And I was like, who's going to be on those commercials? Well, they pick whoever the popular, whoever you're listening to with the algorithms and whatever. I'm like, so could it be a fast food commercial? And they're like, possibly. I'm like, um, no, like <laughs> what? And they're like, no, no, but you get money for, I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, I'm going to get money in the lifetime. It'll be a drop in the bucket for me to sell out a part of my being. I I'm good. I'm okay. Because you know what? There's so many other of those doing that. And we are far worse than we were 20 years ago in so many levels because the natural world is doing that now. You know what I mean? Like you can go into these health clinics, health places that are all natural. And it's like, 
You sold them a diet plan. You took a blood marker. You talked to them about stress, but you did nothing else. You just said their diet's going to fix their cortisol. Is that true? Absolutely not. Because do they believe in something higher than themselves? Do they have a purpose? Are they sleeping regularly? Do they, are their relationships clear? Are they out in the sun? Are they moving their bodies? Well, well I can't, if I get into that, I'm going to lose them. Then God damn it, lose them. You know what I mean? Or what do you stand for? And that I'll literally check people and they're like, oh my God. But they got into integrative nutrition or they got into functional medicine or they got into naturopathy. They got into, you guys are just making it just as bad, you know? And they feel better because it's not selling a pill per se that has a side effect that literally is on the label of seizures, coma, or death. But it's still them perpetuating something that not is not reconnecting the person with themselves again to ultimately heal themselves because they're the guru, right? Like they're the – you heal you. You are the guru. That's the culture I want to put so that these people are like, wait, I can do this. I just need some help from you. You're damn right. We're facilitators. We're suggestors. We're, we're just like – even when I adjust people, I'm like, I'm not adjusting you. I'm just making a suggestion. <laughs> and when I make that suggestion, your body's either like, oh, hell yeah, or nope, not going there. I don't like that. Oh, shit, I must have misread, or I, I took my readings, or I had all these markers that were lining up before, reasons to adjust, reasons not. All right, I got to listen to that. I'm, hu I'm hum humble to the system that is your body. I'm not leading your body, you know, and I'll tell people that, and they're like, Jesus, I've never heard this before. And I've been to 30 chiropractors. I'm like, I know. Or I've never heard this before. I've been to 30 acupuncturists. I'm like, I know. Or I went to a natural, I know. I know, believe me, I know. It's okay. And then once they grasp that, they put that filter on as they go out. And they're like, I, I like called out, you know, so-and-so. And it's almost like knowing a little more that goes on behind the scenes as you go get your car fixed. And they're like, yeah, you need a PCV valve. And it's like, don't you guys just say that every time it's, wait, what? <laughs> and it's like, don't you guys say that air filter too every time it's, or don't you guys try to beef up the, well, yeah, but wait, how'd you know? You know what I mean? And then when you do that to a, a practitioner and it's like, oh, wait, you know your stuff. I can't pull, I can't pull the wool over your eyes on this one. I can't pull that sales tactic where I get you scared. You know what I mean? Which we're seeing now, right? Get us scared and then we can kind of do anything to us, right? Like everybody's terrified. Same thing's happening in natural health. Let's terrify them and then I got the solution to save you. Victim mindset, you're a victim, right? I, I got, I'll help, I save you. I'll fix you. Like that's not accurate. And so I'm just maybe one of the only ones holding them, holding them up to the, the flame because I would hope somebody will hold me up too. Like TJ, are you really being congruent with like what you're, and that's why I have one, one Instagram page, which you've seen. It's not like a business page where I'm a poser. And then in my life, <laughs> I'm this other, you know what I mean? Like, no, my life is my business is my, so everyone's like, what do you do for training? Same stuff you're doing. What do you do for nutrition? Same stuff you're doing. Do you go to a chiropractor? Yeah. I go to the same profession that I am. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, like the trainer that doesn't train or the hairstylist with awful hair. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's so, so many points there that I, I, I want to take. I want to do it. Run with. The, the, the first one, um, you talked about selling out at the very beginning. And the, yeah. the one thing that I talk to people all the time there is you, you, the short term versus the long term money there. Like the yeah. people that sell out in that short term or have that short term mindset, like at in the long game, like like you mentioned, like 
you building up your brand and people actually being able to trust who you are through that podcast by not putting those advertisers on there that don't go with your brand, like in the long term, if we're just going straight money, like if that's all we're talking about business and money, like that is gonna be tenfold what you make in that short term. Those those business guys that we so my I talk about him a lot because I've learned a lot about him and I have the utmost respect for him. He's one of my best friends. His name's Vladimir Chaguz. He's up in um in Illinois. We were we were colleagues in the same gym together and um I, I just he got me on this path. Like he he's Serbian and so his high school was like our PhD programs here, like the books he has from high school. I'm like, that's your high school book? He's, I'm like, oh, could I have it? He's like, it's in Serbian or it's in, and I'm like, damn it. I'm like, is there a translation? He's like, no, of course not. And I'm like, shit. Well, anyway, we would, we would say that all the time. We'd get businessmen that we'd train or would work with or rehab or do whatever. And they're like, you know, you guys could do so much more to get more now, but the residual income that you have from people that just, they would give you the keys to their house. They would give you, and it's like, exactly like that's. That's what we're in. It's this long-term residual looping over that in the grand scheme of it, it's compound interest. You know what I mean? Rather than if I yoked somebody for three months, they don't continue, but I got this bulk up front, right? It's like that person with the penny and it doubles, you know, and then at the end of the month, would you take a penny every day doubled or would you take a million dollars? Like at the end of the month that, and that's what I, I feel not just business sucks. It sucks that everything is business, but okay. But when we're talking about health, I just, I don't like business getting in the way of health because I don't think it should. I think it's something that's free. It's something free, right? It's something that we should all, for the most part, have as much of a a factor that we can affect on our own aside from, you know, somebody paying somebody to get us there, you know? Um, and so you said it, I, I just, that's the model I've run with and I feel more comfortable with it and it always seems to work out. And I've owned three businesses now and it's like, not because they folded, just because I moved on and I, I like kept evolving and kept adding things and changing things. And it was like, this is just how I practice. Now, if I went into a chiropractic school or a PT school or something like that and tried to talk about this in their business classes, they'd be like, get the hell out, you know, like no way. But the students need to hear this. Because who the schools are hiring are these management companies coming in, pay us a hundred grand, we'll put all your paperwork, we'll get all your marketing, we'll get all your stuff because you're going to be in debt and you need to start and you need to, and it's the scare, scare, scare. Wait, you can't do a bare bones practice from scratch, getting used equipment, saving your loans, putting some savings away, starting for $10,000 as you graduate from scratch in a shoebox because it's not what it's the what you're it's who you are because they're it's buying the behind you it's that's it they're buying you and your why is driving their attraction to i've had a number of people be like tj i have no idea what you just said but i want it done they'll literally will sign up they're like i don't i don't i didn't follow anything but just the way you are about it and how much you are behind it i'm i'm in man Let, let's go down this help me learn this because i can't and that's the thing. I, they're like, it's one day you're going to learn all this stuff. No, this is for the rest of your life. We're going to pull this thing apart forever. And I'm continuing to learn from you just as you're going to continue to learn from me. Like, we're going to go in there. So, like, dude, I'm sold. I've had more people be like, I don't, I'm just, I believe in you by how you are with what you're doing. And then that's that trust factor. Now we start breaking them down. They can feel comfortable with me. They can feel vulnerable, open. And I, I, I share my stuff, too, because I'm in no way above you. 
I'm right next to you and slightly behind, to be honest, to your innate. Like I'm following your breadcrumbs. I am not leading in anything. I'm because everybody's different. One size does not fit all with the human, you know. Yep. And my favorite my favorite part that you mentioned there was talking about how we are not like forming this entire path for them. Like this is their pathway in life. Our job is maybe just to light it up just a little bit, just so they can continue to take those steps on the right path and they're not falling off and going in the wrong direction. But that's the biggest thing I work with when I work with people trying to lose a lot of weight, just people trying to get Mm -hmm. control back over their health and fitness is all right. Like you mentioned, like this is, this is your life. Like this is, this is your what you want to do, like that's what's going to happen here. I, nothing I can write on this sheet of paper is going to magically make this happen. You know, like we're in this together, like you mentioned. Right. And I love that. I love that you just said that. And it's refreshing because now I know that there's somebody else out there doing it. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the other part that I want to talk about yeah. is how do you how do you go about eliminating that that victim mindset? Because I think that is huge. Uh, and I and you probably get it. I, I guarantee you get yeah. it more than yeah. because I get it with the people that have they're overweight and they talk, they blamed on the food and they blame it on these things. And that, that's something that I have to break down as well as that victim mindset of why are we doing these things? But how, how do you go about that? So, you know, what's interesting, what happens in my office more is they love coming in and they love listing the labels. They are, they love telling me all that's wrong with them in this, in this, almost as if they're scrolling out their accolades. Like I was all state. I was this only instead of it being that they're like, I have MS and I have hypoglycemia and I have this and I have that and I have this and I have that. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I just listen. And they're like, and I go to this therapist, this therapist, it's this team of people. All right, cool. I'm like, is that about it? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So you have these things that you've been told you have, and you have this team of people that you trust and, and you, you spoke very highly of them. Let me ask you something. Is it working? Like is, is how you're approaching this, does it seem to be working? And they're like, well, but they're really nice, but I have this. And I'm like, I know, I know, but you just, you just said you want to get better. You want to feel better. You want to, you want to eliminate some of these. Cause you've been told some of them are reversible, but you've also been told some are just, that's it. You're just, you're just burned. You're like, you're like, uh, what is it where they, what the hell is that branded man? Like, like freaking branded and you're scarred forever. It's like, okay, is what is the path you're taking working? And they're like, I, I need them to admit no, because it's not, nothing else is going to work after that because I'm basically gonna, going to go down this line. That's the opposite of everything they've done. And they're not going to be open to receive that until they acknowledge it's not working. And when they, some of them laugh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm deadly serious. Is this working? And they'll, they'll flat out go, well, well, no, like it's not, no, it improves, but it get, comes back. It, I'm like, that's, that's easy. You can go rehab and get better in a cave with wolves and like feel better on some days. You know what I mean? But like, I'm talking like forever, this is gone. You've leveled up. You're higher than you were before. This is over with. We're not even thinking about this. No, no, it's not working. Okay, here we go. And then once they like almost acknowledge that out loud, it's, it's that agreement they got with me. And that's one of the first steps. But because we're all about cycles, right? We're addicted to that. Just like we're addicted to that shitty relationship or we're addicted to the way we feel like shit from eating that food. It's this, it's this cycle coming back to having something to do with the way we feel. It's always something feel, right? And so it's like, okay, 
it's this up and down. It's a total roller coaster, and there's these up and downs for sure. But when after that day one, I never ask them how they're feeling. I never acknowledge those names that they were labeled with before, ever. Like, I don't even... I won't even acknowledge the name of the virus that they termed. Now, I don't even want to give it a name. It's like, uncle, whatever. Welcome to our home, uncle. It's like, dude, stop fucking naming it, man. Because if we named it, because you had a code for it. And if you have a code for it, you have a treatment plan for it. That's the insurance model. You got to name shit. And then we, once you're named there, well, now we have a solution for you. One size fits all. You're this. All of you that are these, we got the plan for you. It's 98702. And we're going to do it for 16 visits and 16 visits. If it doesn't work, your insurance doesn't pay anymore and you're fucked. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> what if it took 96 visits or what if it's not even that thing in the first place? Or, well, actually, the diagnosis they gave me was just based off a conversation anyway. So I don't even really know what the hell they're talking about. I know. So, again, they love it because I'll be like, hey. How's the weekend? Or, hey, shit, those are cool shoes. Damn. And I'm not lying. I, I'm like genuinely like it's not like, oh, you look amazing today when they don't look amazing. Like, I'm not going to tell them that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they come in. I'm like, dude, you just whipped open that door. Did you feel that breeze? Like, how awesome is it out? So, like, I'm just this is just how I am. And then they come in. They lay on the table. We get checked. And you can see them as soon as they're, they're totally fine. They ramped out of the car. And let's say take a take a. I don't know, take somebody with just like joint pain everywhere, divorce, like going through a fresh divorce. So they're just going through the worst time in their life, you know, just toxic, toxic stuff. And you see them getting out of their car after a while and they just bop out of the car. Sun's out. Boom, boom, boom. Get to the door. Open it up. And then they take this position of that victim. Right. I don't even play it. I don't even go into it. And I'm not I'm not like a drill sergeant. I'm just not going to feed into that thing. And so then when they're going, I'm like, nope, here we go. What do we got? And we'll do all these things that are that are they're able to do. They just don't know they're able to do it. And sometimes I'm right next to them. Or sometimes I will share with them a day that I'm having where I may be feeling depressed. Have I ever felt suicidal? You're fucking goddamn right I have. Like, Every human has thought at least at some point, like, hmm, I wonder if anybody would miss me because I feel really bad about myself. Do you know what I mean? Or I wonder if, oh, man, I was in love with that girl. God, this sucks. What if I wasn't here? Like, we have the capacity to feel everything. So when I start sharing this stuff, they're like, wait, you too? But on, on Instagram, you're all, I'm like, dude, that's a highlight reel. And I'll post some of my worst moments on Instagram just to show you that realness. So then when they connect there, they realize that you're suffering, not suffering, but you're going through those, those life, it's life. And then they don't feel so different. And then they're like, wait, I'm not alone. Wait, you actually feel this too, but look at how, look at how much you express life. I want that. Let's go. And now we're in it together. And then I never acknowledge though. And once they want to go down that, that, that weighted blanket where they start feeling sorry and it start I'm like, no, stop. I'll have them hang from a bar, you know, for five minutes. And they're just like, oh, and I'm like, I know this is like the therapist. This is the couch hang from the bar. This is insane. I know it's okay. 
stimulating your hands. The only exercise you can compensate with breath only. You're going to start seeing, seeing yourself. If you could stare at this stimulus in the face, knock it back and say, nope, I'm going to focus on my breathing. That's like fasting and saying no to hunger. That's some major control in your life. You know what I mean? Like, damn, you can do some crazy stuff. And when you start connecting it that way, I will never acknowledge their label. I'll tell them, first of all, acknowledge also that you, you are just a guess. Them labeling you with that, it's a guess. The body doesn't know what MS is. It doesn't know what diabetes is. It doesn't know what hypercholesterolemia, whatever the fuck, whatever names they're going to come up with, right? Which is basically just saying what you have in Latin, saying what you have in Latin, right? And I'm like, you aren't that. Your body doesn't know what that is. It's just trying to balance out the environment you've kept it in. It's trying to survive as long as it can. If you feel it, it's just trying to get your attention so you change something. That's all it is. It's this great conversation with this higher being inside you. Listen to it. But they're labeling that conversation as being something that's wrong with you. That's something that's very, very right with you. And they're like, my God. I, I mean, there's just like this light that lights up inside them. They're like, I love – they're literally – they call my place, my, my facility, the healing den. And I didn't call it that. But I say it, as soon as you walk in, you have no choice because everything you're going to look at, everything you're going to hear, everything you're going to feel is going to be something that's promoting a better you. So if you grab a piece of material you're reading, it's something within this whole realm of what I'm talking about. It's not going to be something antagonistic because I'm selling a product or you know what I mean? Or if they, they do a puzzle or they're looking at an ocean art on the wall or they're staring at a salt lamp or they're hearing a fountain in the side or they're looking at the, you know, the two kids playing on a video game. Yes, I have a stand-up video game. What? I think games are actually okay. Do I think six hours on an Xbox is okay? No, but I think a competitive game with three lives, I think that's kind of cool, you know? And then there's all this stuff. So they're just like, I just feel better when I'm in the vicinity of you and this place. And I'm like, now imagine if you never had to have that leave. Like you could take that with you in your car. You could take that with you to errands at the school, to your husband, to your wife, to your job, to your whatever. No, 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 that's different. No, 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 that's very much integrated into this woven tapestry that's your life. You have to find a way, and we'll do this together, to where it's all of that, all the time. And then every now and then, it doesn't always dial up, but you sense when it's getting imbalanced and you recognize it because you know what feel is now. And it's like, oh, my God, you're listening to your body instead of shutting it off. And now it's like, whoa, 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 why did my body – oh, my God, my breath just changed. Hun, my breath just totally changed when you brought up that topic. We, gotta, we have to talk about that at some point because something happened inside me when you brought up that story. Let's, let's touch back with this later after our Little League game. You know what I mean? Like there's just this huge connectivity that it, it's not segregated to where I'm going to my health facility to be healthy and then I'm going to go back to my life. Like your life is that. That's, that's what we got to do. And that's, I, again, I went down this thing when you had just asked, how do you help people avoid that victim mindset? That's it, right? Because then they're not feeling sorry for themselves. Now they're driving and traffic happens. Now they're like, oh, great. I got a chance to focus on breathing and squeeze my glutes or shit traffic right next to the ocean. I'm going to glance at the ocean instead of the, <laughs> the license plate of the dude in front of me, or I'm going to call my husband. I got 25 minutes to call my husband and, and 
talk to them. You know what I mean? Or I can, whatever. You start seeing things as possibilities instead of things we have to do or things that are like, oh my God, I'm so, wait, you get to do all this. Are you joking me right now? You woke the hell up. You have two eyes, two arms, you know, sensation, you, everything works. You got food, you got a job, you got a fucking car. You're riding in a car. This is insane. Like we need to start looking at that and then everything's a possibility. That's why just like what you said, you're going to level up after this tragedy that's going on around the world right now. You will come out better. I will come out better. People we work with will come out better. That's the thing. No matter what it is, as soon as it shows up, you start seeing the possibility of how you can level up, not Oh, God, this, you know, how can we fear the next thing or what's going to happen now? What's possible? Stop, 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 stop that. And then it becomes because they're like, have you always been like this? Shit, no. I had to train myself to be like this. Do you know what I mean? I had to acquire just like we had to learn how to walk. We had to learn how to use a spoon. We had to learn how to sit up straight or, you know, tire shoes like you have to. If you constantly, constantly stimulate, then it just becomes the norm. So then people are like, How, how's this going on with the virus stuff? Life is still the same. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's like, well, are you freaking out? Why would I? Are you doing anything different than what I was before? Wait, I'm going to live extra healthy now? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, no, it's exactly the same. If anything, I'm glad I've been doing it for the last 20 years that I paid into this compound interest account so that we could pull from it. If an emergency occurs, hey, I got this big reserve. I'm good. Imagine how great that feels. You could be that confident and know that really, unless it's just something taking you away, but even still, if it's like the last end, big flash in the sky and we're out, depending on what your beliefs are, that's a chance to level up too, maybe, right? Like, I, I don't know, whatever anybody believes, but I, I know that's what I believe. Like, damn, we should be so lucky. Everything is an opportunity. Yeah, and that, coach, you, you got me fired up now. This dude, right? <laughs> Let's go. The, the optimistic, the, I mean, that optimistic mindset, this is something that I, I've written about a bunch and just trying to figure it out myself is, I, I very much feel like I, I was somewhat born with it. And I, I know it's a lot of environment stuff, but just naturally, I feel like I was very naturally optimistic. I'm kind of, I'm wondering from your perspective, how do you, and I, we talk about how we wake people up and that that's what I try to do too. I try to just bring what I have. I talk about light bringing and try to just bring that into people's lives. Cause once they taste it, they're like, oh yes, we could, we want more of that. Like that, that feels good. How how did you create that mindset? Was it, was it something you feel like you were born with or did you kind of create that mindset in your head? Like, how did you go about that? You know, what's crazy is I always, I, I feel like our purest selves are when we're born. Like we don't have any fears. We don't have any judgment. There's no, like, I guess the two fears that we're born with that are innate are falling and loud noises. I guess I saw a Ted talk and it was just like, wait, then everything after that is taught. So spiders, no baby knows that a spider is, it is like a bad thing, right? Or it knows iron is hot or flint and that's fine. That's great. But like, shoot, we're really kind of pure and that's where we're most connected. Hence why they say sometimes kids can connect with spirits, right? Or ghosts or whatever you say, or animals, they can like there's, they're educated. It's so low. Wow. So when I go back and look at my journey of what I've always been this way, like I've always been like I saw it this way. I was very simple. I loved when the house was empty. I loved moving. I loved challenges. I loved being the underdog. I loved I always chose 
to try to date the girl that was impossible. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, you, nobody's going to do that. And I'm like, I know, but something, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> so it's always like, I, I, it's not choosing it because I wanted the struggle. It was like, almost like the value just seemed better. And so it's not, it wasn't something that was like instilled from, from mom or dad. I know that because our childhood was not, I don't have a lot of those things. Like my dad always said, rule, 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 which is like a life rule, like one of those cool life rules or, yep. My mom always did say, boom, like fortune cookie rule. You know what I mean? Um, we, we were exposed to a lot that you could say wasn't maybe ideal, but those are great too, because you can see the opposite. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't always have to be this what's perfect. There isn't one, but just in as much of a mistake, we always want to try to not do a bad rep or not do what's the wrong exercise or the wrong drill. Dude, there isn't. If you have feedback and you mess up, you had feedback to learn. You just leveled up because you messed up and learned. You connected. So if I, again, it's like Edison, you know, whoever fails a thousand times and then a thousand more. But that's the reason I don't have mirrors in my facility. So how do I know if I'm doing it right or wrong? Well, one, I gave you some feedback in the beginning. Two, I'm going to let you loose to feel this. Three, the course of you trying this out over the course of time is the developmental process is that. And then finally, when it clicks, you've got it forever. It's deep down rooted. What if you would have had mirrors and cameras and all this other stuff? I get it. You would look the part faster. It's just like that we made money earlier on, right, from a business standpoint. But that that long-term payout, it's, it's not as lifelong. And this whole thing is about changing lives, right? And so that was the big thing. There wasn't, this is just how I've been. I mean, even when I partied, like put me in college, I was a, a college baseball player. I got a scholarship. That was my goal. I wanted to be the player of the year in the state of Minnesota, which I was the Gatorade state player of the year. Like I'm checking off boxes like shit. Yeah. And I'm earning this stuff on my own. It wasn't like, oh, you're Tommy John's son. Tommy John got you. Some stuff, it's like gets you a foot in the door, but you still have to show up and represent. Otherwise, you look like a douchebag. You know what I mean? And I knew that because he would do certain things and then I'd show up and I had to be ready. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, my God, if I wasn't ready, this would be embarrassing. And that wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? So it was almost like I went harder because I knew that I was going to have these opportunities possibly. But I also knew people were gunning for me because I'm named after him. So it's like, we're going to beat Tommy John today or Tommy John's a prick. Why? Because his name's Tommy John. <laughs> he's got to be a prick. You know what I mean? He's, he's a former player's son. He's got to be. I'm like, you guys don't even know me anyway. But that was the case. I'm like checking off, checking off, checking off. And then I would like get into where I'm trying to learn myself and I'm going into not so healthy routes, but I still had this essence of me that was, that was going the, the more optimal way. But it's almost like the the man in me went the other way to fight that because I was pissed at decisions that were being made for me because I wasn't really in control. I was still like, you know, you have to answer to a to your parents. There's like somebody has something over you. You know what I mean? And I was like trying to fight that that like authority kind of a thing where I wanted my life. And I kind of had it. And then it started to slip away. I had an infection in my shoulder and some other things. And I was just like, I'm going to fight this here because I'm the man. 
but optimally it was over here. I'm like this. So this lifestyle I've had, I've always lived this way. I just fought it from a maturity standpoint, from an ego standpoint, from a, you know, trying to do things from outside myself. Right. Like if I tried to hit and increase my batting average, you go over five. If you just work on the things you're supposed to work on to be the best, you, you know, to do that stuff, all of a sudden you realize you, your average jumped 38 points. You didn't even pay attention to it. You know, it's the same way I was with ERA or I don't know. They're like, what's your ERA? I have no freaking idea. Don't you tell me. Because if I know that, then every time I get an out, I'm like, it's going down or oh, it's just went up or you start worrying about the results instead of just that that path going there. That's the way I am in my office. I don't have any idea how much each person is to an extent. Do you know what I mean? Because you start looking at them as a dollar figure instead of the, the whole thing of it. I, I don't know. And I know that when I'm just flowing and the office is attracting who it is. And then all of a sudden, the end, you look at your statement or you look at your stuff like, wow, I got a successful business. I'm doing well. And you had no idea what your bottom line is to an, ex to an extent, to a safe extent. You know what I mean? Like you obviously need to know something. Um, but that was the thing. I didn't – it wasn't really – I think what I can say my parents allowed me was they gave us the opportunity to an extent to try that out. Like – I was an observer by nature, so I observed my friends' parents, my friends, older athletes. Like, I looked up to athletes that were all state or all American or got drafted, and I would just watch their every move. I didn't tell anybody I was watching them, but I would just watch them. And I would like, try to not, not copy them verbatim like a, like a carbon copy, but I was just like, look at him. His chain's outside of his shirt. That's interesting. Seems to, seems to look all right. Wow, look at his shoes. Okay. And he gets to the park 47 minutes early. But when he goes out, he doesn't stretch. That's interesting. Why doesn't he stretch? He's the best player. And you know what I mean? Like, I would just, like, go through everything. And it was just like, hmm, huh, okay. And then you go. And so then everybody's like, how would you come to the, to the program or the system you're in now? I just observed. I did that same thing. And I was just observing all the people that seemed to be healthy, happy, and fulfilled. And all the people that seemed to be victims, sick, miserable, in debt, disconnected, underslept, malnourished, you know, relationships are all askew, atheists, believe in nothing, like, like just whatever, not even saying atheist, atheist is something, like be confident in like that, but it was just like, I don't know, it's all just random, like you look at those people, look at these people, huh, this all seems to make sense, what all do you have in common, and you start going down the list, and that's where I came up with those eight essentials, and I was like, wow, all this stuff over here isn't working. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to do the opposite of what PT, medicine, all these things are doing. And here we go. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're crazy. But it's got to be better because the other stuff wasn't working. And I just observed. And they're like, did you know? And they'll tell me later. Did you know that what you're doing is part of so-and-so system? And I'm like, no, because I'm an experiential first. Find out that somebody wrote about it later. Do you know what I mean? Where if I read it first, I would go in like my buddy Vladi, he's Serbian. He'll read, 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 nail the books first, go in and apply, have some feedback and comes to a result. Whatever that is. I'm not saying anyone's better than the other. I'm just saying that's my approach is that the stuff that I'm doing, they end up writing about. And that's why I try to tell people, I'm like, everything you're going to do, they're going to write books about. 
You knew about it. You already know every book ever written about performance and healing. You already have the information inside. You just don't know you have it. However they spin it to sell that niche, it doesn't make any, any different that you have something greater than you inside you. You need a purpose. Your relationships are key. You need sleep. You need breath. You need to be in the sunshine. You need to nourish yourself. You need to move your body. And you need to tie it all together with this whole purpose thing behind what's my intention. Done. They're going to write millions of books on that right there. And guess what? It's all inside you. <laughs> and they're like, holy shit, that's fantastic. You need to write a book. <laughs> and I'm like, I did, but it's really just a culmination of all this shit. It's just another one. No, you're the one. Go. You got this. Anyway. Yeah, the, the, the anti-fragile book that I'm reading right now, it mentioned uh, yeah. it's a whole whole chapter on tinkering. But his quote basically was like, people that can do, people that can't write about it. <laughs> oh, perfect. Exactly. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, and, and his whole point, yeah, he talks about the entire thing is if you just wait to one, if you're, if you're not tinkering yourself like that, that, that's and his whole thing is randomness, like trying to bring randomness in your life because that's how you create and that's how you find these things. Right. Um, and if you're not tinkering with these things and you're not actually if you don't have skin in the game and you're only writing about it, you're only reading about it, then you're not going to learn what you should be learning. And you probably notice this now. I just did a podcast on it. So many people, if you talk about a topic they can list all these authors and all these quotes, right? Like they'll, they'll go into all this stuff, but they don't have the ground. Like we, I read 12 books this year. I applied nothing <laughs> and I'll read 12 more next year. And it's like, no, let's read two this year, devour them, apply feedback, acknowledge feedback, acknowledge liked this, this, this didn't like this, 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 Next book. Do you know what I mean? Instead of just book, 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 because that's what it's like 10 pages a day. By the end of the year, you've read 12 books or whatever it is, right? Like 12, 300 page books. And it's like, I don't, I know reading's important. I get that whole thing, but I, I think it's like feeling what you read. And I say that all the time. Remember to feel what you read, because if you don't feel it, it didn't change you and you didn't apply it effectively. You have to feel. Feel is where the greatest changes are going to come in. Yeah, I, I've never really loved that 10 pages of day rule either, because right. like you mentioned that if you're not connected, like in that moment, like I'd rather if I'm feeling in a zone and I'm feeling that book, like I'll read 100 pages that day. And if there's right. a week where I'm like this, like if I read tonight, those 10 pages, I'm getting nothing out of that just because where I am like right now at my life. Right. And you just shut it down, you're good. And that's where I think that it's, it's, again, taking it in and connecting the how is this making me feel right now? What I just read. Do I understand it? Do I even want to? All right. Maybe now is not the right time. All right. Let's break out. Yeah. And I think I think it applies to and this is something that I'm really trying to do in my life is staying in either the high or low periods of your life and like trying to eliminate like that mediocrity, like, you know, that that me yeah. middle ground of just like walking through like we talked about not being awake in life like that. Yeah. That's that's just something that's just another thing I feel like is just that the, the, the 10 pages or there's something just to check off to be like just baseline like, oh, I feel like I did something now, you know, like either go all in or be all right with coming back out and just realize you're not in that state, but be able to feel that instead of just trying to blind yourself and not feel guilty when it is low. Correct. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like, and that's, that's where I had a brother. Um, he passed away battling, um, psychiatric stuff, but he was in the Western medicine, psychiatry and, and antidepressants, and all this shit. Right. And there, I have a podcast on it. It's the dark side of psychiatric medicine. It's one of my 
people will reach out to me the most about it. So I don't know if it's my most popular, but um, I, I poured a lot into it. But today's day, along what you just said, they don't want anybody to go up. They don't want anybody to go down. They want to keep everybody right there. And they have these things called mood stabilizers. And I witnessed the life inside my brother. And I watched him. And there's no down because that's where they don't want you to go because God forbid you go down, but you can't go up. And so it's this life where it's just like, it's just at a four and he's just miserable. I'm like, is that life? Like, again, we talked about it. Like, is not dead living? I can't say that. But what's so cool is in the, in the midst of that toxic shit storm going on in his brain from medications, there were still moments like, do you remember Tom Green? Do you no. remember the comedian Tom Green? So he had, I don't even know what to call his show, but he would go and he would just like interview people and he was just so silly and he would pull all these punches and cross so many lines, but in just this creative way. Anyway, he was like one of the original of that. So Tom Green, we grew up on him. He was going to be in a, um, a Zany's comedy club in Illinois. And where I was in Illinois, it was it's it's dark like nine months of the year right and so there was there was one winter we were doing a movie dinner and a movie and he and i were best friends um and so we did dinner and a movie and we got done he's like dude tom green's at zany's and i'm like where's that he's like it's vernon hills it's right there i'm like you want to go he's like should we like fuck it let's go man so we go and this is when he was battling and in therapy and all this other shit. And I was also training a psychiatrist. So I got to ask his doctor a lot of these questions of things that I had. And to hear his answers, I mean, I get into it in the podcast. So I highly suggest it go in there because I, I lay it out there. And you can't make this shit up. I mean, it's not even – it's like, oh, my God. Like, okay. Well, I'm sitting there watching my brother who, I, who is not my brother anymore. Like he's just this different dude. But he's not suicidal. Okay, I can't say it's better, but that's not my call. It's Taylor. It's his life. Let's. I'm just here to love him, love the shit out of him, right? So we're at this Zany's club, and Tom Green's doing his thing, and I'm looking to the side, and my brother's just hysterically laughing, like oh, like I mean, I haven't seen him do this in forever. So I'm watching him, and the shit he was on. I could list the four meds and the levels he was on, dude. It would kill certain people that amount which they always call a therapeutic level it's lethal regardless just because we can walk down the road and be passed out and die they would never say the pharmaceutical killed you they come up with some other just like everybody's dying of covid now like man jumps out of airplane without parachute dies of dies of covid 19 <laughs> you know what i mean or whatever the name is right and it's like um I'm watching my brother and he's going through this and it was just so exhilarating to me because I'm like in the face of this chemical shitstorm that's not letting him be him, he still is expressing his spirit. His spirit is still like, try it, meds. Like, I dare you to keep me down. You can't. And when the right stimulus is there, whoo, his body just goes, Ying! and he just came out. And I mean, he was like clapping and standing up and I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm laughing too because Tom Green's hilarious, but I'm also like crying because my brother is being my brother. It just took Tom Green in this environment in the shitstorm of winter in Illinois after a movie that was awful and we filled our bellies with PF Changs and like just hanging out. I'm like, dude, my God, this is possible. 
if the environment is ideal and the stimulus is steady enough and strong enough, this is what's possible. Why don't we research this shit? You know what I mean? Why don't we go in? Hey, Dr. Shulman, hey, let's film this. Check this out. Well, you know, Tommy, in order to get there, we would get them on a dosage of, you know, lithium with Seroquel. And then we go ahead and we go. Those are two seizure causing. We need a non-seizure. Dude, okay, man. And you just saying that right there. You're right. The ups are only up because we get we can have a down. But the down is just as much of a feel. They're supposed to tell you something. Just because you feel depressed, suicidal, anxious, jealous, angry, doesn't make something wrong with you or sore or tired or weak or or nervous or scared. Jesus, welcome to my day. <laughs> right before this podcast, even though we're just chilling here, hanging out, having a conversation, I still get nervous. It's, it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? I take this so seriously. It's like, no, man, I don't know who this is. I never talked to you before. You know what I mean? So we're about to get real. Like I get anxious or when a girl comes up, I get nervous. And when something happens, I get angry and I get jealous. And But I also feel like accepting and honored and grateful and in love. And wow, with all those, like that is life. Could you imagine like getting like turning into the greatest athlete or whatever your goal is, but never going through a struggle to get there? I've seen them. They're called pro athletes. You know what I mean? And when a pro athlete like Freak gets injured, oh, baby, you're seeing everybody else because now they got to work like the rest of us. And sometimes they don't like that, right? They've been given all this stuff, and sometimes it just totally breaks them. They have to like reinvent themselves and find themselves again. And that's that's the the blessing we have when we're not – we don't – it's not just given to us. It's all there, but we got to go through to feel it. We have to stimulate ourselves to feel it. And the more we can stimulate up, it makes those up that threshold raise so that everything else, no problem. National emergency. I got this. A breakup. Cool. Uh, divorce. All right. Death in the family. Got it. You know, uh, kids sick, husband, sick, you know, all this stuff. And, and granted I, there's, there's varying levels. I get it, but still, um, bottom line, like when it comes down to it, it's just raising your ability to adapt. And that's it. Coach K said it. I have a post because he said, he goes, the team that wins is the one that adapts. And I'm like, that's Darwin. Or, or, you know, it's not even strongest. It has nothing. It's the adaptability of it. Like, that's what our bodies are designed to do. Adapt. And that means that low point is needed just as much as the highs. But if we maintain, there's no adaptation. And just like you said in, in Anti-Fragile, right? He's like, they there's none of that because we haven't been allowed to struggle many, many, many thousands and thousands and thousands of times. So when something does show up, that's huge. We got nothing to stand on, man. Yeah. And that's, I, I agree with so much of that I just talk right. about, and, and when I write about this stuff and this is, this is what I talk to a lot of people about is whenever, like you talk about that low, like that's not, again, that low is telling you, you can fix something. You can do something any time in my life. When I make a big change, it's when I feel stuck like that middle, that right. four, like you mentioned, like that is when I know, all right, dude, like something is up here. Like, right. That's when something in my life is not right. If I'm feeling low or I'm not feeling high, like that, that's perfect. I know something I'm doing something I have, I'm on the right path. But if I'm in that middle ground, if I'm it, it to me, I describe whenever I write about, I, I write about being stuck when it's yeah. stuck that that's when I got to change. 
and the 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 other thing that you you mentioned you t- you talked about that those professional athletes and yeah that that's another thing that I talk to a lot of my um a lot of the athletes that I work about is almost like not using that sport as a band aid for the rest of your life you know because I think that, that I mean no I, I did it myself as an athlete but if you're succeeding on the field like you can definitely use that as a band aid for the rest of what's going on in your life and that's where a lot of those guys and girls it's tough um, I. I say this all the time, like, why is it that performance and health seem to be divorced? It's like, I'm going to be the best athlete I can in my sport, and I'm going to be healthy later when, the, when my career is over. And it's like, when did they become divorced? Sports are not healthy. I'll say this, like, like they're very, very much of an of a attack on the body. But we do things in a healthy manner so that we can go engage in sport. But it's not like, go heal playing a sport or go play the sport and fix things. Like there is an element that is healthy, but it's like at the most, it's, it's very, very, very damaging to the system. So there's so much we got to do beforehand, but that's where I'll try to get all these people to understand putting this all together. It doesn't matter if you're playing a pro sport or if you're not, or you're trying to get a scholarship or you're not, it doesn't change. But the ones that it, it was, when they retire or it's taken away from them, it's hard for them to know who they are afterwards, right? And that's just like anything. It's almost like the retired anybody. But their their identity was in that being that, that specific position, that thing, instead of they're a human, a badass human like everybody who is choosing to do this thing that they're really good at for a period of time and it maybe feeds their family or whatever. And then you're just done and you move on. Like, it's just a point in your life. It's not this end everything. And I feel like the best, the ones that can, they repeatedly do it, they, they grasp it and they like move on to the next thing, you know, um, that I have seen, I've seen some horror stories that when it's over or when something is taken away, that was so much a part of them and they they don't do well with it. And so that's that's where I'm like, you aren't your thing. You're just this human who chooses to to participate in that thing. But that thing isn't define you, you know? Like, yeah, and like I think you are I think, you. And I think that's a big, a big role of, of the coach too because what the yeah. coach values that, like if, if that coach is only value, valuing you as that player, as that yeah. athlete during that time, like that's what you, you're, a lot of times like these athletes want to please that coach, you know, so they're, oh, they're yeah. going to formulate that in their head. So that that's right. one of the big things I make sure I'm conscious of is like, what do I actually value that, that athlete as today? Like, am I valuing them as the athlete and what they can do on the field for me? Or am I valuing right. them as the person, like the human that they are and the value they can bring that way? That's a good point. So before we, uh, before we get into another big rabbit hole. I kind of want to talk yeah. about some of that, the hands, feet and spine. This is kind of oh, yeah. your big, your big human performance and what, how we can, like you mentioned, level up as athletes, as humans, as performers. And this is, I, men- I mentioned a lot of this stuff all the time, but I kind of want to know why you feel like these three things are so important and why they're kind of overlooked too. Yeah. So the, it really started when we were getting into pulling injuries apart um, Vladi and I back maybe 19, 20 years ago. And, um, the, the methods we went through and, and when we were analyzing and going through stuff, we saw the, the scroll of injuries, like whatever it was called, it didn't matter what they were called. 
it always came down to if you if you grouped every injury or lack of performance, it was the body's inability to absorb force. It was just the body's inability to to sustain stimulus. Done. The body's ability to sustain is from a contractile tissue, is muscle, muscle controlled by the brain and nervous system. Okay. So if we got everything synced up, meaning muscles are like eyes, heart, <laughs> digestive organ. I mean, everything's got muscle to some extent. I know some smooth, some I get that whole thing, but like everything's going to sync up is involved in this whole thing. So if we found like these leaks or these weaknesses in the person's chain per se through active stuff, none of this passive shit, like active, it always came down to these three areas. And in my book, I say it and I had to, I couldn't go into detail because I had to assume it was going to be maybe parents reading or a possibly a young athlete, but it was the feet, ankles, and calves. It's all one unit, right? Cause it's all just like one continuation of stuff. The glutes, like mainly the glutes, but the hips with glutes and then the shoulder blades. And if you think about that, it was like, wow, like the glutes express themselves through the feet. So if your glutes are strong, but your feet are shit, it doesn't matter because your glutes are only going to create so much that your feet can handle. Then if you go, the glutes are dependent on the opposite shoulder to do it because you can bring in the cross crawl. There's a bunch of other stuff, but like the cross crawl pattern. So if you have a dysfunctional opposite shoulder, that opposite glute is not going to do its job. And now the foot's off. Jesus. That's everything. And then if we take it a step further, the shoulders are dependent on the hands to express themselves. That's why I'll never plank from the elbows. Like ever, you have hands. Connect them to the shoulders. And so I started to look, and over the course of the way my programs went, and then my programs for me personally, because I really don't do anything different than the elite athletes or whatever elite means, right? Like whatever. It's hands, shoulders, feet, hips, and the spine connects it all. And I'm like, all my work is basically those areas. Jesus. And you start to look at that stuff like the feet are never divorced from the hips. So if we do all this hip stuff where your feet aren't engaged, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's like all those Pilates people. Nothing wrong with Pilates, but Joe Pilates did not predict that what he what has happened to his name. He created that laying in a bed with springs and pulleys, it was supposed to be for sick people in hospital beds. You rig up pulleys and springs so that you could put somebody in a hospital and they could train in a hospital bed. We made the reformer and then all of a sudden now everyone's laying in a hospital bed training on the ground and it's like, wait, but, and they've looked the part, they're very good at Pilates, but it doesn't cross over into anything. They're like falling apart. They have really strong core, but their feet, hands, and, and shoulders, and like they're not, I'm like, okay, that's that's just not well. Like there's all these things that weren't working well. And I'm just like, my God, it really comes down to getting the feet, getting the hips, like the glutes, getting the shoulders, getting the hands. And then the spine connects all that. And if you obsessively focus on that as your foundation, you can pile on the really fun, gnarly, awesome stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like the really crazy shit that we want to do that dude, it's fun. Like some of that stuff's fun. Hell yeah. You want to pick up some really, really heavy stuff. <laughs> All right. Your feet and hips better be dialed in and your hands and shoulders had better be connected and holy shit, your spine better be healthy or that thing's not happening. You know what I mean? And I've seen people, they won't, we won't touch a deadlift. We won't touch a squat. We won't touch a press. We won't touch a pull. We will just hit those areas obsessively 
volume, intention, amounts, repetitive, over and over and over, and then go back and revisit those moves we've never done or haven't been touched upon, and they explode. And not only do they explode, but they can repeat them, and they repeat them without breaking down. Like, that's the thing. It's not doing something once. It's being able to repeat it over and over and over without breakdown. Like, that's training, right? Like, that's that's prepared. And so that's where it really came down. It was like the power of the foot connecting with the hip and then everything in between. I'm not disregarding the hamstrings and the quads and the – you know what I mean? I'm not – I'm definitely not – hamstring like posterior chain, yes. Glute ham work, yes. But, like, when you focus on those – that connection, everything in between gets synced up. When you focus on the connection of hands and shoulders, everything in between gets synced up. When you focus on that connection, everything from your thumb to your big toe on your opposite side gets synced up. And when you do the spine, it's just, it's just repetitively creating that highway that connects it all. Because the spine, there, as far as I know, there's no spine replacement surgery. And it's protecting the most important tissue in our body right now. Like so much so that if a millimeter of pressure is on that tissue, Christopher Reeves. Do you remember Christopher Reeves, Superman? So the guy that played Superman, not the original Superman, there's been a couple of them, um, threw off his horse, played Superman, dude. Threw off his horse, broke the top two bones in his spine, like five, six millimeters of pressure on his brainstem. Pressure, not severed, quadriplegic. Total, total, total systems failure pressure onto the soft tissue of your spinal cord like it is our highway to life it is how our body is the antenna it's receiving all from sensory from the body everything from the body is reporting to the brain through that to tell it what's how it is it how, what's going on what's the status the brain doesn't guess it never guesses it doesn't know you need something down there. It doesn't know what your liver needs. It doesn't know what your stomach needs. It doesn't know what your toe needs or what your hair cells need or what your adrenals need or thyroid. Like it doesn't guess. It's only receiving what it's being told. And then it makes an adjustment off of that. So what if that in information isn't clear or isn't correct? Really what's correct though, right? We don't know what correct is really just like let it figure it out. But keeping that highway open allows the brain to receive even more and then even more outside of ourselves, right? Because as you know, our cells can receive information from other cells outside of us. Like I can get information from you if we're just talking and I'm feeling it, even though I'm not speaking and my brain, my body's transmitting it to my mind. And then my mind's able to make those adjustments and, and tweak them. So as we change the, ourselves for the better, shit, that highway, that spine, that that's it. Like that's everything. And when you go into some of those disciplines or you see some of the or you read some of those books or you hear some people talk about those old school thinkers and movers and they were like the spine, the spine, the spine. And it's like, OK, but the spine is is set up on top of this foundation. What foundation? Look at the tiny surface area of the feet. If you turn feet upright and you look at them, it's like this tiny little surface area of skin. And it's like, OK, if you built a 200 pound, how much you weigh? 230. Okay, damn. All right, so if you're 230 and we built you out of wood, like we built a replica of you out of wood that was 230 pounds, density being proportioned to you, right? And we set you up on the surface area that is your feet. We, we could go up to that thing and blow it over with our breath, right? But if I try to like push you, no way. I mean, you're going to grip the ground. With what? The surface area of your feet. Using what? Everything we just talked about. 
everything we just talked about, from your thumbs all the way down to that big toe hammering down to the ground. Shit. So there it is. And now here's another step further down this other rabbit hole. Because anybody born after really 2000 is a is a product of internet, right? Like I look at everybody born after that they missed this window of development. <laughs> and it's not to say it's just because we you just had more automation. You you had more things that were more immediate. You know what I mean? There were shortcuts given right away. It just makes it different. So it's not to like cry or be a, like, oh man, this sucks, man. I wish my mom didn't swaddle me or sit me in front of a screen or no, no, no. It just, just acknowledge that you have more work to do because those areas right now, after me evaluating people in 20 years, those areas I'm talking about have gotten far worse. Plus the other stuff we, we chatted about earlier, right? Has gotten worse that if you kind of treat everybody like they're a rehab case, even though you're a performance coach, you know, like, even though it's like, oh, I want to get faster, bigger and stronger. And okay. But you're dysfunctional and your feet and your hips and your hands and your shoulders and your spine and everything connecting through. And when I say rehab, how I talk about rehab is training harder than you've ever trained, not PT rehab, where you're doing three sets of 20 passive therapist moves me around, put a bag of ice on. And I read people magazine as somebody like strokes my foot, right? It's like, no, like I'm talking like a stimulus greater than a stimulus that injured you or a stimulus greater than anything you're ever going to encounter on a field. I don't think you can comprehend that because the field is pretty gnarly. Your training has to exceed that safely without killing you. Shit. What does that mean? You only have a certain amount from the outside that you can handle. So your intention has to be greater. Your emotion and intention has to be so great when you're rehabbing, it's got to be greater than all of it. So that's when I say rehab, when everybody walks in, it's like, hey, I want to be the best tennis player. I want to be the best baseball player. All right, we're rehabbing first. And they're like, wait, but I'm not injured. And what they don't understand is they're about to go through the toughest, most consistent, repetitive, mind-numbing, emotional, intellectual, spiritual thing they've ever, ever experienced. And then we get to the stuff where they're like, oh, yeah. This is what I came here for, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I know, I know. But then what they notice is like the people that do it this way will go to that, that class with their girlfriend. We'll go to the yoga class or we'll go to the Pilates class or we'll go to the boot camp or go to the CrossFit school, or go to the, whatever the hell else is out there, whatever they're calling training. And it's like, they survive it with ease. It might be tough from like a complication factor, like, damn, never done this before. This is friggin' weird. But they can do it. But where all those other people that train in those systems systems regularly, when they come into here, it kills them. My basic, basic tryout tests floors them. And they're like, Jesus, I do this training seven days a week. And I'm like, I just it's not training anymore because we've just so watered it down. We don't even know what that word means anymore. Right. So I, I try to tell them, like, if you're training, training is just across the board. It. It, it glosses everything. Everybody's, everybody's pulling from the same knowledge pool. It's like, oh, this sounds like this sounds like, oh, you're just repeating. No, it's just, it's just kind of the way humans are supposed to be stimulated. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the right diet? It's just food stuff that's recognized as food. <laughs> what's the right sleep? Sleep. <laughs> like I, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? They're just like, who invented the right sleep pattern? Uh, what? 
<laughs> what about lasers? How do I know laser therapy? Oh, you mean the sun? <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, but this is getting to the mitochondria. I'm like, right, like the sun to all our cells. And so it's like, we're not inventing anything. You know, if anything, we're getting in the way. So with all that, that's where I came up with like hands, shoulders, feet, hips, spine connects. And then you can get creative, but you always got to come back to that foundation. You always got to revisit that, revisit that, revisit that, revisit that. And that'll take care of some of those imbalances that get done. Some of those injuries you don't even know that are arising. Some of those leaks, don't even know about them. Don't worry about them because you're taking care of them every single day. I loved it. This is, I'll leave this on, on this topic. Uh, one of the trainers of one of the guys that I had in here, he has since quit her um, because he's just, he was very inquisitive. And when he asked me questions and I give him information, he's like, shit, like he's smart, smart kid. So I would just tell him like what I, where I've gotten this and why I do this. And he's like, oh, he starts to connect the dots. So he stopped training with her because he realized what she was doing was just kind of bogus. You, you know what I mean? It's just kind of to be busy, to be, and she's pleasant, whatever. But he goes, the kicker was on Sundays, they would go to the beach and train outside, which is cool in California. Like to train at the beach is kind of fun, right? That's a fun thing. I get it. Okay, cool. But they would go to the beach to work on his imbalances. And I was like, you, you train with her four days a week. One day a week is working on imbalances. Then what the fuck? What are you doing the other days? Well, I'm getting my numbers up. And it's like, what do you think about that? <laughs> you know, and it's like, all you're doing is like spelling your name wrong, but pressing really hard. <laughs> and I've said that to people and I'm like, it's hard to erase that. When you press real hard, you're still spelling your name wrong. It's not right. What I'm telling you is we spell your name right every fucking time you do it. If you want to press hard, press hard. If you don't want to and you want to press lightly 10,000 times, that's cool too. It's your call. But the name's got to be your name every single time. And he's like, yeah, that was it. That was the kicker. <laughs> and he like, you know, he's a, a high-level tennis player. And it was just one of those – it wasn't personal. It wasn't anything. He's just like it didn't make sense because she couldn't explain her approach to him to where it made sense. And I was like, dude, it's not my, it's not my system. I didn't invent any of this. I take no credit whatsoever. It's inside you. It's been done since the dawn of mankind. We just need to find a way to get it digestible to each person because there's the variable. It's the person, the way they interpret it, right? It's their perception of what we're doing, and they make it their own. But the bottom line is what they make of it that creates that result that we're looking for. Yeah, and it almost goes back to getting that belief because if you're not able to describe that to them, it, none of this matters. Right. When you're when, you, when you're trying to build up this, this foundation in people to try and make these athletes like – self-healers like we talked about what mm -hmm. what are some foundational things that these listeners can do that they're probably not doing currently cool so here's a couple things and it's actually some i've included them in the tryout test in my book but it's just stuff that you don't really need to go to school to learn <laughs> you, you, it's not real intricate don't even overthink it um something is something as simple as uh standing on one leg so when we stand on one when we're in in life um I got this from somebody, so I have no way to test this, so I don't know. So if somebody wants to check me on this, go ahead. I don't know. I heard it, and it sounded fantastic, and it fit what I was doing, so I went to it. All right? So if somebody wants to go fact check me, go ahead. Um, but it seems to be working in, in my approach. Um, when we walk, 80% of the time, we're on, we spend time on one leg. 
I don't know how, how they figured that out in the gate, right? I don't know. Um, like, like time on one leg is, is spent 80% of the time. 60, 80%, I think, was on one leg. When you're sprinting, cutting, more athletic, 100% of the time you're on one leg. Like, if that's correct, I don't know. Okay, but it, it seems to make sense, right? It was like, shit, we need to master standing on one leg. All right, so that's a test I use when I go to my do my public speaking talks for kids. Well, I do it in here. It's a standing straight leg raise. Barefoot, bring your leg as high as you're able to go without altering your torso. Keep your knee locked and toe pulled up, and you just hold it. So all we're doing is testing the strength endurance of the hip flexor on the one side, but... Hip flexors, like bot muscles, don't work by themselves. They have to work reciprocal to the antagonist on the other side. So if my hip flexor on the one right side is going firing to raise my leg, my glute on the other side has to fire. And my glute is firing down through what? The foot, ankle, calf. Shit. So I'm measuring the strength, endurance, and the coordination and sequencing of the foot, ankle, calf to the glute to the hip flexor, plus staying upright. So we have torso. All right. So now anybody 13 plus years old should be able to do three minutes minimum, in my opinion. Okay. You should just be able, not at that same height, because you're going to fatigue, but you should be able to do 180 seconds minimum, minimum straight. Five is if you're really ambitious. Five minutes. We got to be able to do five minutes. Not easy, but you got to be able to do five minutes. And I think that the times change 10 to 12 years old. It's like 90 seconds, seven to nine years old, uh, a minute. Um, but what you'll notice is this takes out everybody. Every time I do talks and it, it, it's like the last time I did a talk, it was a group of baseball players, young baseball players. They were, they were, um, 11 and 12 were the majority of them. So I got, 21 of them down out of the audience and their parents were sitting and I had them take their shoes off and they were all stoked because they got to do something. Right. So they're standing in a line, 21 across and we go and I explained the rules. And I said, if you shift your foot, like your base foot, if it shifts, you're done. Or if you put the foot down, you're done. Or if you just, just fail, like if you fall over, if you're done, sit down. So some of them were fucking around and like, okay, that's fine. Then some of them were real. And it's like, one uh one out of 21 got the minimum that one ended up getting the three that i wanted so it was actually pretty cool the kid was 11 years old that's about a five percent roughly that's about what i'm seeing five percent of random are able to do a minimum of human function five percent what I saw somewhere else in some study, it was like the amount of screen time, sleep, and something else. It was three S's. Stress, maybe. 5% were meeting the guidelines set forth by, I think, our government, which is kind of screwed up because our government doesn't know shit about health, right? <laughs> so, I mean, they're not going to know anything about anything. So, even their levels, we were 5% of their level, which is embarrassingly low. You know what I mean? So, damn. I'm like... Wow, that's 5%. The parents were like, wait, so they're supposed to be able to do that? I'm like, yeah, 90 seconds. They're like, geez, what about adults? And I'm like, you guys, three minutes. And if you guys are wanting to play basketball on the weekend or you guys are wanting to hike or run a 5K or do stuff, no, it's five. It's five. Let's get that up. Now, some things to notice, and I'll give you some, some extra details. If while you're standing there at the end of your test, 
what's great is the test is the solution. The solution is the test. So it's like, how do I, what do I do to get my straight leg raise good? Straight. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, right? Straight leg raise. Three times a day, five minutes total or whatever you got. You know what I mean? But they're like, oh, there's no Excel ex uh, auxiliary exercises or no, the exercise is it, you know? And so I, um, when you're standing there, if what you notice, I'm going to bring in some observation. If what you notice is that the leg you were standing on, dude, I'm going to switch. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to go speaker with you and plug okay. in my battery. I'm going to let me know and make sure the sound's okay. All right. Sounds good. So what you'll notice when you're standing on one leg and you do it for an amount of time that is your your best effort or something comparable to that. You'll notice fatigue patterns. So something you'll feel, and this is another level of stuff besides just not being able to do it, that's a red flag. What I'll ask is the leg you were standing on, what burned or what did you feel the most? And they're like, oh, my foot, my calf, my arch, my Achilles, my ankle. That doesn't have, you don't want that to happen. Like you don't want the foot, ankle, and calf or anything of that to fatigue before the hips do because they're dependent. They're the tires, right? Like the, the hips are trying to push through the tires. Like if the tires are off, man, it doesn't matter what the engine does. So um, I'll ask that to people, and it's like 99% of the time they come in, and it's like foot, ankles, and calves. Like, or they're going, they're like, oh, my God, my arch, and they're like 17 seconds in. Or they're like a minute in and they're good, but it's just like, ah, now the hips are trying to do their thing, but the foot is just, it's struggling. And then you ask them, like, when's the last time you focused on your feet? When did you do just crazy volume, you know, oh, we do three sets of 20 calf raises at the end of every workout or something, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, like, it's always like the end, like abs, like do three sets of 50 abs at the end. Like abs are everything. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? It's like that token. Yeah, get your calves and get your abs in at the end. Um, and training barefoot is not enough. Like it takes it takes severe, severe amount of stimulus, especially if you've got previous injury or you've got something that's like big time, big time, like mismatched. And nowadays, the foot technology of shoes is so great it's doing such a disservice because like anti-fragile said it doesn't ever let the foot work do you know what i mean so when the foot's inside the coffin that is the now today's shoe the foot's just like i don't have any idea if you have a history of orthotics oh my god like you've got some work to do because that whole thing is shut down um so that's one test um that's pretty eye-opening i mean it's one of those like i'll tell people like on day one you almost don't need to go past that. Like there's so much that goes with that. It's just like you can get into their ability to sustain difficulty. Like you can you can see their competitiveness in themselves. They just kind of they can't face it. So you know how they're going to do on the other stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's really telling. Um, that's one. A dead hang from a bar. Just literally just hang from a bar. So I have a whole podcast on the ability to hang and why we should do five to seven minutes a day. Everybody, why we should. And it's all emotional stuff, intellectual stuff. Um, but if you think about it, we are born with the Palmer grasp reflex. Like we're born with the ability to squeeze and they've tested a baby can hang its body weight two seconds after being born. So that tells me then, I, I get clues from kids all the time. Like if you just watch a kid, you know how to 
train adults, really. Because uh, a weak adult or injured adult is just a developing kid. They're just back to the way they were before. You know what I mean? And it's like, shit, look at you training yourself. You're deadlifting on your own. You're crawling on your own. You're climbing everything. My God, you just did 40 puddle jumps. That's 40 broad jump plyometrics in rain boots. And you didn't shear your bones out of your skin without getting coached. You know, like everyone's just like, my God, plyos are going to kill everybody. Tell that to the four-year-old stomping in the puddle. Like I counted 40 one night. I'm like, guys, watch this. And there was this little girl and her mom, I'm going down another tangent. Her mom was just like, stop that as she's on the phone. And this little girl loved the the feel and what reaction of water. So she's learning about like fluid dynamics, you know? She's got these huge oversized rain boots. Oh my God. She would jump like a tuck jump, man. I mean, knees to her chest, like, and I was counting. She did 40 in the face of her trainer telling her no. (laughs) And I said, guys, you just bitched that I gave you like a hundred reps. That little <laughs> that little four year old just did forty and was told to stop. And the only reason she stopped was because her mom had to go and they like they left her. But it's like all this like oh you're gonna overdo it you're gonna I don't know man maybe we need some stimulus like that. So anyway, there's so much we can learn from kids and babies that that's one of them. This ability to hang our body weight. So then it's like, okay, and kids climb everything, right? Like they climb fences and gates and all this shit that we have to barricade them back. They love the monkey bars, the challenge of the monkey bars. They love it when they're exposed to it. So the dead hang is one of those. So I just use it as a, it, it's not like the hand dynamometer that I have right here in my office that we kind of do for a contest, because that's literally, even though there's some tangibles there that we can link, it's just grip. But hanging from a bar is grip with shoulder, with spine, with, you know, paraspinals. And there's an essence of controlling your body and managing like something ripping out of your hands. And that sensation, you have to go in the face of it. It's the only exercise, like I said, you can't shift to compensate. Every exercise you can shift in minuscule amounts and spare yourself the luxury of, oh, you can give yourself a break. To give your brain that that instance of, oh, 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 and you see it all the time. You see people move out, and that's where we're there to coach them, right? The only exercise they can't shift out of is the dead hang. Well, the body's got to compensate because the brain thinks it's dying. Like everything that in training is just the brain going, hello, we're dying. Stop. <laughs> Which is exactly it. We're just controlling damage, and then we hope that they nourish and, and release and do all this stuff and come back better than they were, right? Well, the dead hang is breath. So you'll see breath is the only compensatory thing that we have control over in that move. So if you can control your breath, you can improve your ability to hang. You improve the ability of your hang, you just raised your threshold in all interpretations of moves. Shit. So it's it's one of those bigger things. So again, just dead hang from a bar. Um, 13 plus year olds, which I would guess is the biggest part of uh, the biggest demographic of your listeners, should be able to do 90 seconds. In my office, I say two minutes. That's for everybody. That's on through till you're 85 years old. You might not get it right away, but work up to have your body able to hang from a bar for two minutes. That's a really great place to be. And everyone's like, what if I'm, what if I'm 250? I have 6'9", 289, who did 307. I got a 71-year-old, 208 man. He did three minutes on fat grits. I got chicks doing three. Like, it's like, dude. 
And it's always their PRs are always set on days where they're not feeling it. Oh, I'm just having the most trying day. That's why I have them hang the most because emotionally it's going to be something that it'll help them process certain things. And I almost do it from a therapeutic standpoint and they end up PRing on those days where I wasn't feeling it. And that, that should maybe have you alert to what your conscious feels and what your subconscious is trying to do underneath. Shit. So maybe when we feel our worst, the best stuff is happening. You know what I mean? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how to get into like that. I don't know. I just know you can't refute it when everyone's PRing in one of the toughest exercises mentally I've ever seen on the planet. And they're doing it on days where I'm just not feeling it, TJ. Ah, fucking, let's just see what happens. So a dead hang, go. But it's shoulder, shoulder endurance as it relates to hands. And I've seen tons of people with these beautiful shoulders, man, these beautiful backs, guys and girls. And they get up there, and it's 22 <laughs> seconds. And it's like, okay, something's fucking wrong with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, either, either you just didn't give a shit, and that's a possibility. You have no tolerance. You're so chock full. Your pail is just full of stimulus. And you're just like, I can't take anymore. So there's an emotional, mental thing that we got to get into. Or... You're so mismatched. You've been wearing gloves every day. You've built yourself up to this, you know, and you didn't connect the hands to the shoulders, just like the feet to the hips that we saw in the other one. You know what I mean? So that's a big one. That's a big one. And then um, there's more tests in there, but there's these three I like, because if you just did these three, you kind of got a nice intake, like intake forms. And if you can do other stuff, I, I honestly don't know what much else what you need. Uh, assuming it's not like a specific injury and you were going to get maybe some other things body wide, but really it doesn't matter. Whatever the state of being of the person is, they're going to heal regardless of what their injury is, whatever, right? Like their training's training, no matter who we are in it, it's still training, um, which is just movement to create a stimulus greater than that of life. Like that's all. Um, cross crawl supermans. So laying on your stomach, okay? Laying on your stomach, forehead on the ground, Arms up overhead. And if you can picture this, what you're going to do is with the locked out arms, locked out legs. Locked out means locked elbows, locked knees. You're going to raise a straight right arm and straight left leg together. So it's the diagonal together and set it down. Then you're going to raise a straight left arm and straight right leg together. Set it down. And you're going to alternate. Boom, 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 boom. Cross, crawl. Cross, crawl. And you're just going to fire that diagonal. Fire that diagonal. Now, here's where we're getting into some fucked up stuff. And this has gotten so much worse in 20 years. I mean, like, what am I looking at? Like, I almost don't believe some people are human. Not that they're superhuman. Like, they're subhuman. <laughs> like, something is breeding something. And it's not, it's not human. Like, what is going on? The cross crawl pattern is one of those patterns that we learned as babies when we crawled because it was going to feed to us walking. When the right arm goes forward, left leg goes forward. We know that. When you're running, when you're cutting, when you're throwing, my left leg is pulling into the ground as my right arm is going accelerating forward. Like we need these opposites and this cross crawl pull, okay? What you'll find is one, either they can't do it, they like, they start like, discombobulate like they they it, it gets around like it's just like ex all over the place it's not controlled okay so they can't complete the move two 
we call them misfires. So you're going to go for time. What I love is trying to get a minimum of 250 right, left, right, left, one, one, two, two, three, three in five minutes. That's a good thing to be. I just kind of like threw you in the fire. Okay. So 250 minimum in five minutes is a really great place to be um, from what I've noticed with no misfires. Now, a misfire is this as they're going, they're cruising, and then all of a sudden, right, right fires, left, left fires, right, right fires, and they don't know it. And they're like, whoa, whoa. And then you see them feel it. They pictured it. Brain gets it, carries it out, go. And then they'll go again. Well, here's what will happen. Those misfires are like, and you know, you've been on a field. You know you've done this. When you've gone to reach out for somebody or you've gone to reach out for a ball, to go hit a ball, and you were just off. But you were like, how, the, how did I do that? How did I miss that ball or that thing? And you can't believe it just got by you. Because you've dialed in so many times that you knew. You were like, oh, my God, home run. Oh, my God, I'm going to lay this person out. Oh, my God, I got their shirt tail. No doubt. I'm tipping the football for sure. And you miss it. And you're like, wait, what? It, like, baffles you, right? Those are those moments where those misfires show up. It's not always you're just walking and you fall down. It's just like a miss, a blip. And you weren't as efficient. You didn't close. And that's, like, fractions of distance, fractions of time off, which over the course of a game is everything or over the course when we're talking about high level athletics, especially even if you're talking about catching yourself falling on stairs, your heel was a centimeter off from catching the step or not. And you just stumbled and blew your hip. And now you went to the hospital, have pneumonia and you die of COVID. <laughs> um, but like, that's the thing where it's like cross crawl. Okay. It's greater than, it's a patterning thing. So it's a cross-crawl pattern. That's one. And that's the basis for almost every sporting action we have is the ability to do cross-crawl. Um, you'll notice now more than most, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but most athletes today, again, born after 2000, real bad today, don't know how to walk. They don't know just how to just glide. Like, like it's this awkward, and it's not even like a cool limp you know like like people will limp stylishly like some some of the some of the dudes i trained in the nfl like they got this like carry to them and it's like all right there's at least rhythm there it's just this like 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 a android that's never walked before and the case in point have you seen zion williamson walk yeah yeah i went through the, the whole rabbit hole there oh so again and then i like i don't know like i just I just watched him and I'm like, oh my God. And you watch like LeBron walk. And again, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not like, oh, they could be better. It's not, it's just, it's just an observation. That that's all. And you just watch some people walk. Zion especially. Now, the kids already had 19, a 19-year-old knee surgery. He might, he's one of the greatest basketball players, possibly, that that they anybody's ever seen, but he's a product of the American system. He's been overworked. He's been overdone. His parents admitted like to the AAU disaster and his body kept up for as long as he could. And it broke down and he needed to have a surgery at 19. That's not good. That's not good at all. If he doesn't seriously change everything from the ground up and rewire everything that's built, been built upon this poor foundation from when he was zero to 13 years old, which is supposed to be a bunch of random play, free play outside, no competitive, uh, no organized sport. Like that wasn't the case. 
So he has to undo all that. Now, those trainers that he has working with him, they're going to try and they analyze his gait, right? And his walk. They're trying to like reteach him how to walk. Here's where I think it's not going to work. And I'm not a pessimist. I'm not, I'm just, here's the problem with pro sports. For a case like that, for the amount of work that he's going to need to do, and it's not because he doesn't work hard. Like, I don't know him personally, but I, I think he'd probably be one of the hardest workers you've got. Like just me observing him and how he handles himself. He would need to bring himself out of basketball for like three years, like one to three years, depending. But like, let's just make it two. Just say two. No basketball for two years. And you're going to relearn how to move. You're going to nourish yourself. You're going to reconnect. You're going to emotionally clear out. You're going to work on your sleep. You're going to know tech. You're going to everything. Two years out, because basketball is the top of the pyramid. (laughs) Everything we're working on is the bottom, but the bottom's all jacked up. That's why you got injured in the first place, right? So to build that out and allow his basketball top is so huge, we have to get out of that for a while, teach the body how to be a human being first, and then reinstitute it in when it's an athlete human being to be able to handle the specifics of what basketball is. No buddy in their right mind is going to allow Zion Williamson to not play basketball for two years. You know, it's, it's, he's a product. He's a, he's making money for somebody, you know what I mean? So there's that business thing. Right. And I get it. I get it. He's, but that's what you see now more often are these phenomenal players born phenomenal. And they're a product of the American system that they survived it. Not that they, they like grew because of the way it's set up. You know, they didn't blossom because of how amazing we are. They just survived it because of how amazing they are, you know. That's exactly oh. that's exactly what I wrote down. Was talking about like the the survive like they're succeeding because or uh, despite of these things, yeah. you know. In like spite. They, they, spite. they are like you said, they were born. Zion Williams was born that. I mean, he worked hard, obviously, but he was born right. like to have that talent. And he right. did, like you mentioned, he he survived through the system that he was put through. It was not he that the system made him made him no and we want to pat ourselves on the back and be like we're amazing i'm like we should be more amazing with what we have access to and the money we have and all these freedoms we have we should roll the olympics we should roll we we should roll everything we we can't handle a virus (laughs) well my my god Well, this is this is where like athletically, this is what I'm I've been talking to a lot of people about is I think this quarantine and like this virus athletically could be one of the best things that happened to a lot of our athletes, because for the first time in their life, they are forced to play and move their bodies like the, the first time in a lot of like I, th- I talk a lot of times about I, I've had a kid that has come in and been able to squat 500 pounds on a squat bar and I've told him to do a cartwheel and he had no idea what it was like yeah. he didn't even know what it was. Right. Right. Somersaults. Somersaults are gone. Cartwheels. Um, I've noticed a lot of the coaches that I follow that are promoting free play in those first, you know, like 10, 11, 12 years. Um, kids are riding bikes for the first time. They, they've never ridden bikes. And one of the coaches was like, the kids were running, like riding around the neighborhood and they were announcing how many laps they did. And it was like a full out sprint. And the kids like 29. And he said he was 29 laps in. He said he he drew he drove it out. It was seven miles. He's like my son and his friends had no idea they just rode seven miles incessantly chasing each other. It was this like brutal battle. Seven miles on bikes, and they weren't even done. 
But nobody told him, go ride seven miles because you're supposed to exercise because I'm going to adultify your childhood with this training regimen, right? So now you're right. Like the, the silver lining is that no travel leagues are going on. There's no signups. There's no organized anything. There's this exploration and creativity of your home base, which is where everything is going to go. We don't get them long enough. We don't get them enough to make the changes that they are asking for. There's like 168 hours in the week. How long are they with you versus how long are they with themselves? And then how how many years leading up to that? Up to that point that we have to undo and then build upon that. And so it's like, geez, we're just facilitators. Like, really, you got to keep going on this. And then you kind of have this. Some coaches, and I've said this because I wanted them to admit it. I said, is there any way to make up that lost zero to 13 years old? And I've had Frisch and some others, and they, they're kind of delicate because they like don't want to lose business, and it's on a pot, you know, and it was just like, but finally, some of them were like, no. Like, if you've missed that window of optimization, but it's not to someone to be a baby about or start crying or be like, oh, my God, I missed it. Oh. No, just acknowledge that you did not have as optimal as what what maybe somebody born in the 80s, whatever, 70s or, or whatever, right? But you've had some other things, but you also have access to that ability to find out so change it then. Change the level of stimulus and flip it right now and do the best you can because that's all, all we can do is just try to do the best we can. So acknowledge that zero to 13 and that as the 21-year-old pro athlete or college athlete or high school athlete, we got to figure that out. Okay, I got to work harder than the previ- the person of me who had a more mobile, nourished, explorative, outside childhood where I was able to fail, fall, risk, reward, like do all those things that, that you kind of are supposed to as a kid. Um, it just, just acknowledge that, that that's more work on you. Yeah. And then performance wise, you're going to get way more like bang for your buck there. Like it getting five more pounds on that 500 pound squat is going to do you probably zero good compared to doing some of these things and getting your body to move. And that, that's huge you said that because I said, I don't high-five anybody that makes it to college. Like, okay, like that is a big deal. But I'm actually a tougher critic because it's like, okay, but once you get there, stay there. Like this whole like getting to the next level and you didn't last a month, that's embarrassing to you. That's embarrassing to your team. That's embarrassing to everybody you've done. You were not ready for that. Great. Congratulations. That's a step. But you didn't last that level. You weren't ready for that level. And there's going on at the highest level of sports now, NFL, NBA, MLB. They get to the highest level and everyone's like, oh, my God. And they last a month. That's that's the worst sign of this I've ever seen. So that's not something to be like, well, he but he got there. Right. I get it. But it's being able to stay there. So like you said, working on these things, it's not only raising your performance, but it's repeatability of your performance. It's durability over the sake of this instantaneous, right? It keeps coming back to that stuff we talked about from a business standpoint before, right? Like it crosses over. Principles are principles. No matter what what field you're talking about, it's kind of all coming from the same thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's all tied in, like we've mentioned multiple times. Right? So like, wow, we're kind of experts in finance or we're experts in real. We're not experts in any of that. But it's just like if you take those principles here and you apply them here and you apply them here, I'm getting raped on Instagram because I'm applying principles of just life to immune, like just life now. And everyone's like, you're not a fucking doctor. You're not an immunologist, virologist. Stick to your 
stick to your lane, chiropractor. And I'm like, Jesus, I'm just speaking as a human. I'm not saying take 10 milligrams of this thing that can kill you because, no, I'm not trained in that way. But when it's talking about putting yourself in the best position to adapt, I think I've done pretty well. That This is just something we have to adapt to, this event or this whatever. Same thing, but they, they want to itemize it, right? Well, no, 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 this is something different. Ah, just like, you know, no, it's not, it's not a training thing. It's a flexibility thing. Or it's not, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't need to get stronger. I need to get faster. Oh, because those are, those are devoid, you know what I mean? No, I need to work on my speed, not strength, speed. Okay, all right. And, yep. then, and then nourishment is, is all outside that and sleep is something. Yeah, he'll work on his sleep. I'm trying to get him. He needs his speed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it, come, it come, comes on our job, and I think it ties back in is we, we, we got we to gotta make him believe somehow, right. like on our shoulders, like we got to make him cool. believe that sleep is that's going to tie into everything that they want. Right. So now, before we end this thing, we, I feel like we dominated this podcast. Not gonna lie, but <laughs> we're just uh, scratching the surface, man. <laughs> let's uh, let's transition into the rapid fire round. So these are just some of my like all time favorite questions that I love asking successful yeah, people yeah. and kind of geek out about. First one. What what are your your favorite books or book that? has kind of led to this thought process and mindset. Wait, did you pluralize book or did you just either say- either one and book or books? Damn it. All right. I got to go with the like holy grail of book of books in my I'm going to stick with one because if if I go, it's The Alchemist, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, I've read it a number of times and I don't read books full. Like I don't I don't open and then go like that's just not me. Right. I have, I have a log jam of books and I'll start into one. And then I get in and I'll, I'll be experimenting, doing stuff, and I'll start into another one. And I'll, I'll like half start 80 books, right? Um, but I've read this one a number of times through, and it's different every time through. And it's just one of those things of – it'll be different in my interpretation now. It's just I've gifted it so many times. It's, it's just the universe. Everything you've ever wanted is there. It's just you making things – like going and getting it, you know what I mean? And just, it, it's, everyone has their piece of the puzzle and everyone's a learning situation. And you, it just, it puts that, the whole power back into you. I mean, it, it's back into that. You are a player in this whole thing. And that's why I try to get people to understand as soon as they walk in the door, that's why I'm not selling anything. I, I'm selling you back to you. <laughs> and so many people will, will get upset because I'm so strong. I'm like the biggest defender of this life inside of you. And when people want to want to cheapen it or or mute it, I get like personally pissed. And I almost like take it personally. Like literally, like you're talking about a family member. Wait, you're talking about like this life inside of me? Yeah. The ability to like adapt and heal, like your self-healing organism. It's like the most quantum thing ever that we all know in the universe. Yeah, that's what I'm defending. Like with fist and teeth and everything else. So the alchemist, Paulo Coelho. That, uh, so this is exactly why I love this rapid fire round. Cause that has been the number one by far for the same exact reason, re- uh, requested book or suggested book. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So next question, who is a guest you think we should have on this podcast? This is kind of how one, how you got on the podcast, but how we've kind of grown and like went into these rabbit holes. So Jeremy Frisch from Perform- uh, Chief Performance, have you heard of him? 
Yeah, he's been recommended before as well. Okay, Jeremy, absolutely. He is fantastic. And I'll tell you, not only just from a youth development sports train, but he's a dad. He was an athlete, like he played sports, and he is a coach. So he's coached sports, like the skills of sports. He is a father, and he's played sports, and he's also a trainer. So, I mean, he's like the foreheaded monster, man. Like his perspective is awesome. I think he covers all demographics to whoever's tuning in. Boom. Yeah. We have to get him on. Jeremy's awesome. And then Joel Smith from uh, Just Fly Sports, of course. Joel... Joel is awesome. Um, Joel Smith from Just Fly Sports Podcast. Uh, he's come down to Encinitas to stay with me. We recorded podcast with Jeremy Frisch in my office. And then we just like hiked, swam in the ocean, had just these. Again, he's another rabbit hole guy. And he, he's very intelligent, very uh, cerebral. So he and he's his podcast alone. He's interviewed a lot of experts. So he's taken these nuggets like he's got. He's got a lot of knowledge. Um, so he'd, he'd be a good resource, a good one to tap into. Yeah. Next question: What what's kind of next for you? Like, what's maybe it's a maybe it's a year goal? Like, what's that next big step that you are really looking forward to? So that's where it started. It was the book. Like, I released a book on youth sports injuries in 2018, and it was like the principles inside that book are the principles I'm doing now. So it never stops. But it's like, where do you go? Like, I had all these things on the wall, and it was like you know, Good Morning America, the Today Show, like all this stuff. And it's like, okay, I I got some things like Fox and Friends, like twice I was on Fox and Friends for it. I was on MLB Now, Hot Stove, like some national programs. Like that's pretty awesome. But a- after every single time I was on those, it was just like, well, now what? Like it's just another another program. Do you know what I mean? And then it was like, no, do a TED Talk and get on Rogan and – but it's like, okay, those would be amazing. No doubt. I'm not, I'm not bashing TED Talks or Rogan at all, but it's always the, it's never enough. What those mean is that other people are getting the message. That's the part. Like not that you're getting exposure so you sell more books, but that people are going to listen to this and some light bulb of some kind is going to go off in their head. What my goal is now, because I got everybody coming at me, monetize, 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 monetize. TJ, you have, you have so much information. You need to monetize it, Mike. It just... I realize my food costs money as well. My, you know, things cost money. I get it. I'm just, it doesn't sit well because this information should be free. You know what I mean? It should be, again, like what I do in my office and what I do, like I'll get from what I give. I truly feel that. My next goal is just to try to find more platforms to provide this stuff. So I have a podcast. That was a huge step for me because I'm not tech anything, man. But like just for me to do it, Wow. Okay. Now put out more videos, like build up my YouTube video uh, channel where it's how to video of every move I've ever done or that I ever think is valuable. Just have this freaking library of all these moves so that broken into lower, upper feet, hands, spine, you know, however, and then somebody can go and they can make their own plan. How? Just pick four lowers, one spine, one upper. How should I, how much should I do enough to change you? How much is that? I have no idea. (laughs) Like, what are my reps? Your intention? Like, honestly, just go figure it out. And then you've got this just like algorithm where you can go in and it's just a free for all. Now that's scary to some people, but then if they have the freedom where they're almost like an artist, like Dr. Kelly Brogan of Own Yourself, it's a fantastic book. She said, she's a, a holistic psychiatrist. She said, um, the healer inside of us is the, is the artist. 
it's the creative nature that everybody has, even the most logical two plus two is four, you know, I mean, that person, because everybody has a creative nature, whether it's designing programs, whether it's raking leads into a, a design and getting it, you know, there's all this creative expression that we have of going about our day to day, some more than others. It's the artist that's going to heal you because the artist sees no boundary. The artist just, it, it, it doesn't get confined by who's going to tell you, you have high blood pressure. You are going to do this. You're this person. You're this label. You're slow. You're not D3 material. You're, you know what I mean? So whatever it is, there's no boundaries in the artist and the artist can't be stopped, man. And so it's like, shit, wow, that's, that's actually pretty awesome where it's that allowing the creative nature of the most uncreative people or uncreative, not creative people that there are, but to tap into that, like you got this, You, you have this on your own. So I think that's the biggest thing is trying to find more of those avenues to get, get my information out so that the people are empowered and not feeling like they need to be saved by somebody. Um, not feeling like they're overwhelmed, but very much realizing, wait, I can do this on my own. You're absolutely right. You can. And as soon as you realize that so many things changed. So I think that's my biggest thing is not, um, you know, er, not followers or not. I, I don't know that all that stuff kind of comes like my office is, is pretty good. Like I don't need to get busier per se. I love it. I do it for free. If I wasn't doing my office, I'd be a farmer. Like I want to work in the field and get, get like the earth to produce something that I could consume. Like, I think that would just be awesome. Like working outside, working manually. Um, but it's, um, it's getting content out there. I, I, that's what I'm going to start doing. Uh, I started with, I, I just, I did it on my YouTube channel, but they're just ghetto videos. They're real bad. I filmed them in chiropractic school cause there was so much downtime and, um, I want to do more and explore more because I've grown. The lunge in 2010 for me is not the lunge in 2020. It's just a different interpretation. You know what I mean? It'll be different next week. <laughs> like it's, it's just always evolving, right? Somebody asked me that. TJ, are you still doing that training, that training stuff? Yeah. Still same style, same approach. Yeah. I'm like, that lunge is still a bitch. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't quite mastered. And walking is still... Yeah, it's, it's pretty freaking unreal, man. Like when you walk, like, oh, like, yeah, do I get bored with it? Sometimes, sometimes I get, exactly, I'll want to entertain myself with some things. But as far as training goes, no, like no baby was like, yeah, this crawling and walking thing, they just aren't for me. You, you can do a lot with a little there. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so this is, this kind of piggybacks off of it, um, yeah. of the what's next for you. But when, when you're done and you, you mentioned it a little bit, but what do you kind of want your legacy to be with all of this? I think, I think that's it. It started off like everyone's like, Oh, you want to, you want to, as the son of Tommy John to put a stop to Tommy John surgeries, that creating that book, which is, it is not a manual for athletic parents or sports athletes, you know, preventing sports injuries. It's a life manual. It was so low hanging fruit because I am Tommy John trying to prevent a surgery. But when I was going on trying to do stuff, it was just this platform I was using because to change youth sports injury epidemics, we have to change culture. Like we have to change the whole society. That's what I want. Like legacy is I, I empowered. Like I, I helped 
whatever the reason is, we're here. I, I helped it. I, I say, I, I hope the earth sees me as a probiotic. <laughs> you know, I was like looking, cause I'll watch videos sometimes of like an immune response in the body. And then you pull back from the earth and you watch the immune response of the earth, whether it's lava or a tsunami wiping out or a, a earthquake engulfing, like storms, like they take on same similar patterns. And so if you look at that intelligence that's inside us, that is directing the earth as well, like that parallel shit, it's just an immune response. So really what are humans in the whole thing? We're bacteria. So shit, there's a balance of bacteria in our skin. There's a balance of bacteria in our, in our organs, like everywhere in our digestive tract. As long as there's that harmonious balance, we're good. If it sways one side or the other, immune response. And we have this massive fever, or we have vomiting, or we have diarrhea, or we have heartburn, or we have acne, or we have measles, or we have some sort of expression that the body's trying to heal itself, right? So the earth is trying to do that too. So again, in this whole grand thing, I'm just trying to to be a probiotic that is a helper. And like I, I helped and empowered and made it just a tad better. And honestly, like my brother was such a good person. Like I'm trying to live and, and like bring what he stood for because there was a lot of patience and kindness in him that was easy for him to express and not so easy for me back back when I was with him. You know what I mean? So I've like, I feel like I'm almost closer to being his some of those characteristics that I had t trouble with that he looked up to me for in me as his big brother. So I feel like that event, like his death, my life has been infinitely better. Do I wish he was here? Of course I would. But in that disaster, just like we talked about, I found a way to what is this telling me? How can I be better through this? The worst moment in my life was losing my brother. And so like from that, my life has taken so many, t it's, it's been the greatest 10 years than the first, than the previous, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, if we can keep doing that and take those events, obviously we don't want those to happen, but again, it's life. Like life's going to happen. We can't be here forever, but it's about going out at the highest level. Right. Yeah. Like I might die tomorrow. I'm totally fine with that. But I went out like as high as I could like that. That's all I'm doing. What I want is 108. I want 108 years and I want like at a hundred, I'm going to get a jacket, like make a jacket. That's the century club jacket. Like what's up? Like still doing like still hanging yeah, from the bar, <laughs> like taking walks, hanging out, like doing stuff. I would like to go out at 108. We'll see. Um, that's my vision. But again, I think that's the legacy is at Dr. Tommy John. Oh, that guy that like that guy that got you to not need him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the guy that, like, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, the guy that was like real open and trans, like he was just kind of say it. Yeah. Like you could trust him. Like, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, I, it changed my life just knowing you. And that, that, that I think is the, I try to, I try to get people to tell me this. And this is like where I get almost emotional when I talk about it because people will tell me, thank you so much for what you do. You changed my life by you. You know, it's all coming back to me. And I'm like, I'm like, all you, man. Like I didn't do anything. Miss, oh, you put in the work. You walked up through my door. You reached out. You, you know, paid the price of like effort and consistency and grit and persistence. And oh my God, in the face of the majority, because the majority is not doing what I'm doing. They're not saying what we're saying here. You know what I mean? 
in the face of all that, feeling the way you did, you did you did the work. Like I want to throw it back on there because the more we can acknowledge that, the more that infe- that's the infection we want to spread right now. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. The very last question of the podcast, and I think we've hit on it multiple times during this, but you have somebody that 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 is in a dark spot. You have somebody that's in the valley. You like what is kind of your billboard message to maybe when they come to you when they're in this spot to keep them going? So no matter what, what they're feeling is an appropriate response. Their billboard message, like what they're feeling, symptoms, uh, feelings or symptoms, or, or they've got fever, or they've got a swollen this, or they're just, whatever's going on, like they're just bottoming out in every way. All that is, is the conversation your body's trying to have with you. You're, it's, it's a conversation. It's a difficult conversation, but it's one that it's trying to have. And it's perfect. It's so intelligent. Listen to it. Just listen to you. Be still. See what your body is trying to tell you. Be present with it. Try to not be so quick to not feel it, to hide what it's feeling. Feel this whole thing. Share with other people because you'll find you're not alone. Trust that the body's only job is to adapt and survive. You could try to kill it, and it's going to try to fight against you. Its only job is to try to adapt and survive. And then understand one thing, that once you bring in all this, you've sat with it, you've realized, you felt very strongly, you realize it's not random, it's not bad luck, it's not genetics, this is something I'm going through. Once you start making changes, allow time. Because time is the only variable that we wish we could control. And then now, in today's instant gratification society, it's very hard to allow time. Some people are like, hey, I'm not healed and I've been doing this three months. Well, this took 30 years to get this way. Three months to undo 30 years? Come on, man. Let's let's be real with this. You know what I mean? Don't be so unfair to yourself. And then you start to, patience is one of the toughest things. But you start bringing in all that. You heal you, but only if you feel you. And in a state of imbalance, in a state of imbalance, man, call that disease or call it injury or call it whatever, the body craves simple craves it savagely consistent with the simple (laughs) you heal you only if you feel you that's it boom coach this 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 was awesome this is probably one of my favorite podcasts of rabbit holes and just passion and just thank you very much for being on of course dude and i appreciate what you're doing and and your energy and everything else and i can't wait to see where you go with all this and Again, I don't know who you pulled, but I'm glad I'm glad it, it brought us together because this is uh, you're a good ally in this whole thing. You're a good, uh, you know, probiotic in this whole in this whole, you know, battle that we've got this whole life yeah. scheme. So <laughs> appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Keep shopping wood.